Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Susan Sherwood. I am a project manager with Wendell Companies. We are the architecture and engineering firm hired by the city of Lawrence to um, study the uh, two projects that we're talking about um, this week, one being the multimodal center at the um, um, corner of um, Bob Billings and Crestline, as well as the location of a downtown transfer center for the university and city buses. I have with me my partner, Scott Neal, who is going to come over here into the camera because we can't seem to get our laptops work in here. Um, he is a senior architect and also a principal with our company. Um, and he will be leading the discussion today. We don't have a very large, we might want to go around and introduce who's on the phone. I don't know how you feel, April. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. If you stand over here a little bit, we can see you better. I think there's a reflection. Yeah. There you go. You're good. Yeah. So, like uh, Sue said, uh, my name is Scott Neal. I'm a principal with Wendell. Uh, I am the uh, project architect for this project. <clears throat> and I think if we went around uh, for the people online, uh, that might be helpful just so we understand who else is here. And then we'll get into what the, uh, the project entails and then get your get your thoughts on uh, important considerations and, and factors. So uh, so if we want to start, uh, uh, do you want to do that? And I'll grab my laptop sure. and just start with Gary. We got Gary. I don't know if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, Gary Reinheimer. I'm a senior project engineer with the city of Lawrence. Uh, I'm the building guy. Good to see you, Gary. And we have Mike. I'm going to Wasikowski. Yeah. My name is Mike Wozikowski with the city of Lawrence. I am the chair of the public transit advisory committee. I'm also a uh, data scientist, analyst, and uh, project manager. Excellent. And Pat Collette. Hi, I'm Pat Collette. I'm uh, chair of the Multimodal Transportation Commission with the city. And we have Felice. Hi, Felice Laverne. I'm the transit planner too with Lawrence Transit. And is it Mako? Hi, this is Mako Kwa Jones. I'm the chair of the City of Lawrence Sustainability Advisory Board. I have an environmental law and policy background, and I'm currently candidate for Lawrence City Commission. It's so nice to meet you. And we have Nathan. Yeah, Nathan Ladke with HG Consult. We're partnered with uh, with Wendell, um, primarily the the local site civil firm. So we'll be um, assisting with uh, the the civil engineering for the for the site design for the various concepts and uh, and plans. And Margareta, I'm Margareta DeFries with King Transportation Services. Oh, you have to be the microphone. Hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming to you because <laughs> the microphone includes everyone in our room. No, that's okay. There you go. Margaret DeFries with K Transportation Services. Okay. And I see someone with a code number on here. I'm thinking it might be Allie. Hi. Yeah, this is Allie. I'm actually going to have to leave in a few minutes, but uh, my name is Allie Girth. I'm with KU Facilities Planning and Development. Good to see. I think that's, did I get everyone or are we missing anyone? 
Oh, but it looks like Amber Holy Cross, who is on our architectural practice leader from Wendell, is on the line, but I'm not sure if she's actually on or if she's just listening in. I'm just listening in. Thank you. Nice to meet you all. Okay, so this is a joint meeting of the city and the university's um, advisory boards and committees. Um, and basically, this is the first opportunity we've had to interface with some of you. We have met some of you previously, I think, um, and to get you an opportunity to voice um, your um, ideas, thoughts, concerns, um, needs for both the downtown transfer center as well as the multimodal facility. Um, this is kind of your meeting. It's your opportunity to ask us questions, to give us your thoughts and ideas. There's no structured agenda today. Um, so we wanted to keep it loose. It's a, sm it's a smaller group. We do have, um, actually, we have a gentleman in the, in the audience here um, who did not introduce himself. So I, I'll give him the opportunity to introduce himself as well. Just want to say your name. My name's Lance Fay. I am vice chair of Public Transportation Advisory Committee. Nice to meet you. Hi, Lance. I think you guys can see some of us, but not all of us. Um, so we apologize. We are kind of experimenting here with all the technology in this room. I think IT has got us at least plugged in. We do have to use this microphone for you folks to be able to hear us. So if there's a delay, it's because I'm running around the room. We're pretty spread out here at the university. Um, and um, uh -oh, we just lost our... Oh, okay, keeps going on and off, of course. Um, and um, so just give me a second here. If you have questions, we'll, I'll get you to the right person for the answer on our end. Um, with that, I don't know if you want to all just jump in there, raise your hands. Um, We're going to give a summary of the project. You're, oh, you're going to go over a high level? Okay, Scott, can you, you probably need this. Do you need this? Okay, so Scott's going to give you all a summary of the options and what we're looking at in detail here before we go on. Okay. You're going to have to mute and use this. It's not going to work. It didn't work for Margaret either. All right. Let's use that. All right. Okay. So we're it. Can they hear us? <laughs> You're good? All right. You guys can hear me? So rather than showing uh, a whole bunch of, of uh, uh, options uh, for what the the sites are and what have you. Um, we're we're going to leave it relatively generic because uh, we really haven't done any work yet. So I wanted in your mind to just think about uh, a site that is um, there. There's two areas we're looking at. One is going to be on uh, Bob Billings and Crestline, which is an existing uh, site. And we don't have any preconceived notions on that. Um, that's going to be the main multimodal site. And it's going to be, uh, it, the, the existing program is going to be for around uh, 10, uh, 10 buses. Uh, we may be bringing in a couple of inner city coaches um, to that site. And for the most part, it's going to be uh, waiting and, and toilet rooms and and just basic amenities uh, that you would want for the traveling public. So um, that's the that's the main multimodal site. So that's going to be a transfer area out in the in the um, I I would say closer to the university. And then we have a downtown uh, location. 
um, that may um, may either operate on the street or be um, one of the, uh, um, you know, working in conjunction with some of the surface parking lots. And that would be uh, somewhere around three to five bus uh, transfer um, somewhere downtown. And the current planning of the amenities would be mostly from the idea of uh, the bus operators being able to uh, have a place for um, uh, for a bathroom or, or what have you. <clears throat> so, um, so with that, um, there's nothing that's set in stone. That was the basic uh, planning that was done uh, a few years ago, but wanted to uh, get input on like what ifs. So if we're downtown, for instance, what are the things that would be fundamentally important uh, in that location to attract ridership or increase ridership? And, you know, always, of course, we're interested in uh, moving people and, um, well, safely moving people. And then out at Bob Billings, it would really be, well, is there an opportunity to engage the community similarly, um, you know, as far as uh, amenities and knowing that there's a, there's a, a successful bike uh, trail uh, already in place. So, so along those lines, um, I just wanted to give that as far as the uh, the general, uh, you know, parameters and where the programming's led to date. And from there, we can add on to it um, as needed based on your comments. <clears throat> All right. Do you want to just go around the Zoom tiles? Gary, you get to be the lucky guy. You're the first one on the screen today oh i'm more i'm more helping make it happen so i'm i'm not looking for anything particular i'm more putting the pieces together is there anything from the city engineer's view or the city's view that would be constraints that you want us to consider when we're looking at concept designs uh no okay are we looking for feedback sorry for both sites at once are we doing one site in particular Right yep, either way, if you have commentaries, we can we can move between the whiteboards here. And what we'll do is we're going to be tracking them here on these virtual post-it notes here. So um, if you've got a comment for the multimodal, just let us know that's what you're talking about. We'll put it on that slide. If you're looking for the downtown, tell us, and we'll just, you know, there's no real format here. We're trying to keep it a little bit looser um, just to kind of spur some conversation. And this is going to be any, there's no bad question. There's no bad idea. There's no bad comment. So please just, you know, whatever's in your, in your thought, please share it with us. Cool. Does anybody need a visual or anything to, to know where we're talking about? Or we, do we all feel good to give comments on things? We could put the, do you want to start with the Bob Billings site and just put it up there, Scott? Do you have it on your laptop? Sure. Um, Scott's going to share his screen quickly and put the Bob Billings up. So maybe we'll do that first, but we'll just move through. If you think it'll be easier. It might help. We were walking the site this morning and it was good to, to be out there and kind of imagine what something might look like or, you know, being near a multi-use path, you know, how close or far from the curb do we want the building to be to activate the space, you know, kind of anything that you can think of. Um, yeah, the downtown, 
site plans are a little bit sketchier than the, the Bob Billings, we can put up a pretty good clear picture that the GIS mapping for downtown might not be easy for people to visualize, but we'll put it up there. Um, you can probably get it right out of the PowerPoint from this morning, Scott. I think it's right in there. Um, and, you know, from a community perspective, as we're looking for the advisory community to give us big picture policy items as well, you know, are there concerns, are there certain needs that need to be met, are there gaps in service, are there gaps in um, connectivity to certain um, groups of people or just the community in general? I know several of the downtown sites we visited this morning were very close in proximity to some of the community activity as well as uh, Massachusetts Street and Vermont and down in the area where a lot of the businesses operate, but also to some of the community centers, it sounds like from what we could visualize. Um, whereas the Bob Billing site is very connected to the university, but even still a little bit outlying. So I guess if there's any um, commentary from the committee on community type big picture policy issues, we like to hear about those as well because they might help us. Oh, here we go. We've got the Bob Billing site. Do you want to like highlight the corner of the site that we're actually looking at activating? Let's see if we can annotate this for you. So this is the site that's right near the Dole Center and um, the Performing Arts Center on the university um, campus, or just outlying the university campus. Are you sharing something because it's not showing up here? Should be. No, it's not. Maybe we have a delay. Oh, here it comes. There we go. Okay. Can you all see this aerial? Yes, we're getting head nods. So this is the corner of Crestline and Bob Billing Parkways. For those of you who are familiar with this site, it does have quite a um, steep incline going from Bob Billings back towards the, the Dole Institute. Um, if it was a like 20 or 30 feet um and difference in topography so scott is going to try to draw for you the area of the site that we're actually studying um as part of the multimodal modal facility uh, the, delay is... the delay is pretty significant here on the wi-fi here we go oh so we, we can go much farther east yes drive. i'm sorry gary say that again we can go much farther east all the way to that next drive past the two buildings Yes, you might want to stretch that out, Scott, to show that. So are we envisioning demolishing that warehouse there then? That is a possibility, but that's what this is all to determine. But those buildings are free game, I guess. I don't know if that's a good way to put it. We, we have used potential use of the whole site down to that next drive. Now, do we have to? No. You can actually cut it off the right in there somewhere. Somewhere in between. Down to, yeah, not quite that far. I know we probably got a delay here. Yeah, we're on, we're on a pretty big delay between what you folks are seeing on Scott's laptop versus what we're seeing here in the room. So give us a second here. Zoom isn't cooperating very well today. Not, not quite that far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So somewhere in between Crestline and the second driveway area right here is what we'll be looking at, um, including whether or not the warehouse maintenance facilities can stay, should stay, or should they go in order to make it a more, um, a better enhanced um, development opportunity. 
at the end of the day, we're looking at 10 bus slips and ancillary um, um, amenities, including somewhere around a 5,000 square foot building to support the service at the site. Um, we have not put any designs together. Um, we really are just looking at the green space right now and looking at the opportunities over the next two days. After we hear from you folks, as well as the other stakeholder groups, we'll start to put pen to paper to develop some design options on how we can reuse this um, site and optimize it um, for the transit use. So seeing the site and knowing its location, is there any comments from the advisory committee members relative to any concerns or issues? Ideas. I'm not sure how you could use all of that space between Crestline and the, the uh, line on the east side without demolishing those warehouses. It, there's not a lot of space on either side of them for a bus to be able to get through. And I don't think that those buildings really have a lot inside of them in terms of what would be useful for uh, repurposing for a multimodal transfer facility. Right, we would not repurpose any part of the existing buildings. And then if we decide not to use that space to the east of where the building currently has its foot pad and to the right of it, I'm not really sure we have enough room for a transfer facility on that, especially not if we have to start to excavating to try and level out the area so that the buses have easy ingress and egress from the area. Scott, you want to answer that? Yeah, we 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 walked the site um, uh, this morning, um, and we do have the site grading. So I guess that's a it's a it's a maybe. <laughs> um, we we have a uh, a. a uh, project for um, for Lynchburg, um, Virginia, where we had a similar challenging site and through um, tiered retaining and what have you, um, we were able to get the project to work. So um, not saying, uh, not disputing what you're saying. We know that's one of the core challenges here. Um, but acreage wise, it, it, it's more than adequate. Um, outside of the gradient to accommodate it. It's deceptively large when you're on site or it doesn't <laughs> come across as large as it really feels when you walk the site. I was kind of surprised too, looking at the, at Google Maps and stuff, but it's felt pretty big. Oh, hold on here. I'm running the mic here. We have a question in the room. So I would like to know a little more about how buses would get in and out of the site and if there would need to be any additional turn lanes or traffic signal improvements in order for that to be done effectively, safely. Right, so we were talking about that extensively this morning. And interestingly enough, the traffic on Bob Billings, if you've been out there, is pretty um, intense. They go pretty fast. There's four lanes of it. There's a couple medium brakes. Um, but it's probably not ideal for buses um, that would be transitioning in and out of a site. But the the Crestline traffic is actually not that bad. Um, we did 
Um, we do understand that there is some traffic congestion on Crestline during events at both the Lead Center and the Bob, the Bob Dole Center, but those are generally in the evenings and the weekends and are sporadic. So I think what Scott and his team of architects is looking at doing is really optimizing the Crestline um, ingress and egress um, for the majority of the bus movements. Um, not, that's not to say that we don't have to do a traffic study because we are going to have to do a traffic study that will come once the um, options for this site, which there will be three that we will develop by the end of this week. Um, once we have those options in hand, Scott's team will work with the engineering teams to um, assess what the traffic impacts would be and whether or not we will need any additional training lanes or any signalization. We are going to try to avoid that at all possible. At all possible. Um, it's very costly and probably not necessary, um, especially as, um, as I can't remember who said it earlier. <laughs> Um, maybe it was fully said that when you're out there on the site, the aerial is a little deceptive. Um, it's a pretty long um, jaunt from the intersection at Crestline and Bob's building back to where the curb cut is existing on the site. Um, so there's plenty of room we feel for the buses to get in and out of the site safely. Um, it's like that the view is just doesn't give you the depth of the site um, to be able to appreciate it from the, you know, the computer, but yeah, we're not too worried about that issue at this point in time. So what I'm thinking of as, as a bus rider and, and as the buses are coming, particularly from the east, um, they're going to have to make a left turn against traffic to get in and, and then, you know, so I'm curious as to how that's going to work given that the, the, uh, the traffic volume. So I, I looking and having been on that area recently, I'm kind of envisioning some bottlenecking of traffic there. And so I'm wondering if they're considering what, what can be done to minimize that, I guess. Yeah, sure. So once we have an option in hand and the engineers start to look at the traffic flow, flow and volumes, we'll have to assess whether we need to mitigate any of that or not in order to make the, the bus movements work. But yes, that will, that will be the kind of the next step into details once we get through understanding how the buses could operate on the site. Once we figure out what those options and opportunities are, then we'll figure out those details. But yes, we will have to complete that study as part of the next phase of the project. Anyone else in the room or online with any other commentary? This is Makakwa. So a couple of thoughts um, that I had was, um, so there was a not a, a formal study, but an informal study done recently that showed um, where downtown, where the buses currently meet up and pick up people, um, there was higher levels of air pollution, higher emissions levels right there, which, you know, is right in front of the library. So you're talking about, you know, young kids, families, elderly, that they're breathing in that air pollution. And so I was wondering if there's ways to mitigate that for the downtown site. Obviously, the Bob Billings site, you're going to have a lot more dissipation because it's more open. But downtown, you have more, like, close proximity buildings that keep that air pollution down. Um, and then secondly, I'm thinking about the safety of bus riders. So if you have that incline and you know when it snows or rains, that's gonna be a safety hazard for people with limited mobility issues or you know, um, 
mothers with young children or people carrying groceries. Um, and definitely, even though there is a bike lane at Bob Billings, you know, making that incline during inclement weather conditions is going to be more difficult for riders to to access the the transfer station. Whereas downtown, that's not a problem. And you know, I like the the idea of having the bus station near, you know, Mastery and and right near the library, which reaches a wide audience and the people that need the bus system. But there's just that issue of how do we, you know, when the bus is idle, how do we cut down on that, that air pollution that, that people are breathing in, um, you know, just thinking about little kids and, you know, sitting, waiting for their parents and just breathing in those, you know, the fumes from the buses. Uh, if I can chime in on the bus fumes issue, a couple of things. First, uh, we are uh, trying to enforce a new policy that anytime a bus is idled for longer than three minutes, they should be shutting off the engine to try and minimize those kinds of uh, polluting emissions. Um, obviously not perfect because we can't guarantee that every driver is going to follow that policy, but that's what our aim is that uh, it should basically, as long as it's not like dead of winter or the highest heat of the summer when they have to keep uh, HVAC running, it should be feasible. Um, and then on a second point with that, uh, we are moving to get electric buses into our fleet, which would necessarily have no emissions on them. Uh, I don't have the exact timing. I know that we ordered five as a result of getting last year's low or no grant uh, and we are applying for a seventh, sixth and seventh bus and associated charging equipment to go with them for FY 2021. Uh, obviously seven buses is not our entire fleet, but it's my goal that we get it to be fully electric at some point in the future. We'll get the five buses in 2022. And then if we win this year, that'll be 2023. Okay, thank you, Felice. Yeah, and I'm not sure we have a lot to add to that. That's, um, you know, as far as diesel goes, um, you know, that's that's going to be a reality to any <clears throat> um, any of the transfer centers. So I think what was said is is on point. Um, so you know, uh, you know, having the uh, the BEBs, battery electric bus, um, that's a good step. And then of course, um, you know, hy hybrids are. Are decent as well. A lot of times we see um, hybrid fleets get shifted to um, uh, to more urban routes um, because of the density in general. Um, you also asked about uh, snow and ice. I think um, at Bob Billings, I think that's one of the challenges that we have to look at as well. Is um, you know where are the you know where is uh, uh, ride hail. Where is uh, Kiss and Ride located? Where? How is the bus transfer happening? How do we maintain that? You know that five percent cross slope, um, so nobody's slipping. And probably most importantly is just making sure that we have, um, you know, we we, the, we have coverage and canopies for those areas so that um, we are protected from freezing rain as much as possible. Now, for instance, one um, one thing I would add is um, 
and I don't, I don't know if, um, you know, since this is a think tank session, um, we have done, uh, we have done geothermal um, snowmelt systems. Um, and a couple of things that are interesting about that is that it does mitigate the slip and fall uh, situation. Um, the other thing is we've found that um, it also extends the life of the building because you're not introducing uh, chemicals or admixtures to melt snow. Um, you're doing it in a more uh, sustainable way. Um, so the infrastructure itself seems to uh, maintain. In fact, we have a project in Kalamazoo, Michigan that to this day still looks like the day it's open. It, it opened and that's 15 years old now. Would that still be an option for the downtown location or? Uh, that, that we'd have to look at because um, even, even though we say it's geothermal, you still need boiler assist. So um, I think that really um, starts um, uh, getting into a conversation on where you would locate um, you know, those things and how much of a footprint we have. And in order to do a snow melt system, um, you, do, uh, you do have to remove sidewalk. Um, it is a coil system with glycol in it that goes in the slab itself. Um, so I wouldn't discount it, um, but it would just, it would just, um, it'd be a situation where, um, you know, where do you locate that? And I'm assuming the public safety aspect of each of these situations is gonna be part of the traffic study? No. Uh, well, the traffic would be, the traffic would take into account the safety from a traffic point of view. The public safety would be more uh, a discussion on um, how do we, how do we handle, um, you know, sight lines? How are we handling uh, emergency call boxes, closed circuit TV? Um, I'm a firm believer in the most, the most uh, successful um, uh, security is to activate the site itself, um, have more um, people, give people a reason to be there. Um, crime doesn't like a lot of witnesses. So, um, so if you can activate it, you know, even, even small projects, we have a, we had a project in Fort Wayne where all we did is introduced um, uh, some um, some nice gardens in a in a raised uh, stage. So it really became a place that um, people would um, you know come to look at the, uh, the the flower planting and eat lunch. And all of a sudden, it wasn't a very popular place for crime because so many people were. Um, Kind of just taking a stroll down there. So if that if that's something we can, you know, capture uh, for both sites, you know, I think the downtown, you know, the downtown by nature is such an active area. Um, I think that's probably easier than Bob Billings. And one more issue um, is: Have y'all thought about? Um, and since you mentioned um, removing sidewalks, and I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of concrete laid for this site. Have you thought about um, the type of concrete that you're gonna use instead of the, the completely solid kind? That I know that there's ones that aren't completely solid that allows rain to get to um, the soil underneath. And so it's not, 
it's not completely, and I can't think of the word right now, but it's just not completely solid and it still allows for drainage and, um, you know, still allows for um, water to get to the earth. Are you talking about it being porous? What? Porous? Yes, porous, more of a porous surface. Permeable concrete. Permeable pavers and then there's... Um, there's, there's landscaping things. Um, one of them's called like Silva cells, which, um, is a different way of viewing, um, how you irrigate plants. You know, if you notice, uh, streetscape trees, uh, struggle, not just by species, but the planting bed. So that would be something we want to look at from downtown. Um, you know, the site, the, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those urban trees are doing very well and some of them really aren't. So that would be something we want to look into. I have a couple of comments. Uh, this is Pat and I just wanted to clarify, I'm not speaking on behalf of MMTC, but I am a member. So um, one of them is the kind of the uh, bike pad access to the site. And particularly looking at you know north of 15th north of 15th Street, getting to the to the um, uh, to the site, and you know you know the perhaps a necessity of enhanced pedestrian uh, crossing designs at that intersection or slowing of traffic. And you mentioned the heavy traffic on 15th, so getting across there um, you know could be a challenge, and it's not very protected there. Um, I think the other uh, thought that I had was just um, adequate uh, bike parking, secured bike parking at the site, you know, so that uh, people who are biking there can leave their bikes and, and feel secure and <laughs> leaving, leaving their bikes there. Um, and then I, I don't know what you're thinking about in terms of uh, park and ride access. You know, you, you mentioned the kiss and ride aspect of it, but what about people who are for park and ride? I mean, I know the park and ride lot is, you know, over on the other side of the hill there, but uh, what, um, what's the, what are you envisioning as a connection between park and ride and this, this um, facility, this transfer facility? So, um, so at this point, um, I think what we're going to do is, you know, uh, mark down that there was a, uh, a comment about um, Kiss and Ride right now, um, based on the studies. Um, I have not seen uh, Park and Ride reintroduced into this program. At what point it was there? Yeah. Um, now, <clears throat> in the same token, this is, this is a really large site. Um, so, um, so I think we'll, I think we'll, um, take down that comment and, and, um, and, and work through that. Um, the rest of it, um, bike wise, I, I do think, um, you know, this, this with an established, um, uh, bike path, I think it makes sense that if we can, if we can cater to bikes that can activate this space, the, the way we we're speaking to that, um, you know, the ability to have lockers. Um, so the, the currently in, in the reports, there's lockers and uh, short-term um, bike racks. 
Um, but taking it a step further, for instance, I think, um, you know, it could, um, it, it could make sense to be doing um, bike vending. Um, the, uh, the federal government, which, you know, this, uh, some of this money is coming from, um, they, they do, um, they do like the idea of seeing uh, transit oriented development. Um, they won't, they won't pay for that development, but they will pay for the shell for that development. So is it, you know, is it possible there could be, you know, a, a, a biking type vendor here? You know, it, that's a possibility. I think, yeah, Margretta asked if I was also referring to the access from the existing park and ride to the facility. And that was part of my question is, you know, what, what would be that, you know. Oh, we've lost Pat's audio. Hold on, Pat. We lost Wait. here. Can you guys hear us now? Yes. Well, Pat, I can't hear you. Uh oh. Can you hear me now? Nathan, can you speak for a second? Yep, I can hear Pat just fine. Can I hear you, folks? Uh oh. You can hear us, but we can't hear you. So give me a second here. We're gonna, we're gonna jiggle something. <laughs> I don't know yet. It went dark. Let's try that now, Nathan. Can you speak? Yep. Can you hear me now? Nope. Okay, we've lost our audio in the room. Okay. Um, Okay. Yep. Yes, they, they can hear us. So we have got a question or a comment in the room. It's kind of both. Um, so we've brought up uh, the public safety and we're talking about, you know, biking. Um, one of the big aspects of, of this is going to be the pedestrian traffic. Okay. You know, whether it's on the site or getting into and from. And sorry. I'm sorry. Is that for Bob Billings specifically? Both, but especially Bob Billings. So, um, with these bus transfers, you're going to have a lot of pedestrians, some of which are going to be on, you know, wheelchairs or scooters or have to move fairly slowly. And with this location, you gonna, we're going to have to think carefully about the placement of sidewalks, uh, clearly marked crosswalks. Uh, and we may have to talk about speed limits and stuff on, on Bob Billings. Uh, you're gonna have a lot more pedestrian traffic and you also have some ADA requirements regarding that pedestrian traffic. And so particularly with the Bob Billings site, um, where things are put in, how they're put in is gonna really make a big difference. Uh, downtown is more established, but that has to be thought of as well. Uh, the width of sidewalks and the obstructions uh, that are there for example, right now, there are planters for trees that are sometimes right in front of where the buses need to stop. Well, a person with a wheelchair or a person that has difficulty getting around can't get through those things to get on the bus. And so you're gonna have a lot of that to think about. So I would take a note to think carefully about pedestrian pathways and crosswalk areas. 
And those are very well noted concerns and very common in and around multimodal facilities. Um, and I think we did notice some of that downtown today. And it's, it's not, it's not um, unknown to us that we've got a four lane highway with a median um, on bond buildings. And we do have um, a local civil engineering firm working with us right now. So there will be some particular attention paid to how pedestrians will cross Bob Billings, um, timing for crosswalks um, so that we can get people across those five lanes of traffic safely and timely. Um, we, we will look at traffic calming. Um, we will look at it as part of the traffic study. Um, and you know it will be noted that if we are required to take any action with that, we will have to do whatever we have to do from a permitting perspective to make that happen. But it's definitely on our radar and I appreciate you guys bringing it up to us. Um, we definitely want to make sure pedestrians are moving safely across that road. Well, not and not only the you guys can't hear anything we're saying. Yes. Yeah, yes. we can hear can you. Hear us. We can't hear them. They can hear us. No. <laughs> oh, it is on the way. Here he comes down the hallway. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to figure out how to get you guys back on. Um, see, are there any other comments? I don't know if anybody has any simple questions that they might want to put in the comment area. They can hear us, but we can't hear them. They could type their questions in. Yeah, comments. yeah, they can type the comments in right now or questions. It just stopped. I don't know. These do have a forty-five minute time limit, I think. Oh. Zoom. That's why we we stopped using Zoom. Oh yeah. Um, it shouldn't. We're on, we're on a corporate account. It shouldn't. Did you sign into a, yeah. your own account? Yeah, it's on a company account. It shouldn't have a timeout. They can, they can hear each other. They can hear us. We just can't hear them. Oh. Yeah, but you're, yeah, you're not hosting it. We're hosting it. So it okay, can somebody on the far end say something? Sure. Can you hear me now? It's Nathan, our consultant. He can, he... Hello, you can hello, hear him. Hello. So it's just this. This is the audio in this room that we can't hear. Let's do this really quick. Sorry, for everyone just bear with us for one more minute. The here. call. If you have any comments or thoughts, just go ahead and put them in the chat, and we'll make sure that they None get. None of this makes any sense whatsoever. On the record for the meeting. Um, I know we're running. I see the output time. coming through. Um, I wonder, Scott, if we, can we use your audio? Turn your audio on your laptop, and we can at least hear what they're saying. Or are we going to get an echo if we do that? Is 15th Street also the same as Bob Billings? Yes. Okay, thank you. Yeah, towards the university, it turns into Bob. Okay, that's right. Okay. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Particularly if people are going to have to cross traffic. 
She was talking and it's just been glass. In the middle of the Yeah. And so it's just one of those factors that I want to make sure is being really carefully considered. Yeah, the down the part of Yeah. I don't think we're going to have any luck here. Is anybody in this? Are you in the room here? Are you on this Zoom? Can yes. I see your? Scott is right here. Okay. So I'm trying to get a, somebody to, a dedicated person to, to speak while I play with the system. Nathan, can you answer questions? Sure. Okay. Honestly, if you could just, just start talking about anything briefly that's that's the only way i'll be able to figure out how sure. i can possibly get this fixed um well one thing that i was going to piggyback on to to scott's comments to address that no to address what what both pat mike and miss uh, that's what i was wondering if we could just talk about your headphones with regards to uh to bike pad uh movements is there will be a section in the in the traffic study that will address a bicycle them. pedestrian access to the site and we'll make sure that you know, um, pretty much we identify what, what existing facilities are in place and then what are opportunities for improvements to, to help facilitate a safe. He's uh, just telling a story. I think I can hear him too. Though. And, uh, and so that will be part of the traffic study. And then, you know, once, once we get the pedestrians and the bicyclists to the site, um, then during the site design process, it'll all be ADA compliant. And, uh, you know, we, we deal with that every day on our on our site development projects so you know bicycle pedestrian safety is definitely going to be a a major uh, thing to think about when it comes to comes to these sites yes yeah, so they're talking it's just not coming to the speakers here thank you for that nathan i appreciate it yeah sure no problem we should turn that up um I, it's getting a signal the thing is it's, the room isn't broadcasting the signal right. that's what I, that's where i've there's a mute on somewhere and I can't figure out where it's at. Yeah, we didn't touch anything. <laughs> yeah. I guess um my right, exactly. There was never really an answer Change to the transmission fluid more of a porous surface for this area. Well, I'm sorry, folks, that we can't hear you. Um so, so with, with regards to that question, um, I know there's we some people have to get to other meetings. Um, we hate to keep you all, um, but I think if you don't have our contact information, which I think most of you might have, if you don't have it and you have other commentary um, or you want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with any of us on our team, you can feel free to reach right out to Adam um, or reach out to us directly. And we'll be happy to set up a one-on-one you know, -on -one call with you. Um, 
And again, like, even if you just wanted to give us commentary in an email, that's fine as well. I really apologize. I'm not sure what's going on here, but hopefully we'll figure it out. Uh, so with regards to, to porous pavement and pervious pavers and those kind of things, um, there's definitely a, um, that's one of the things we will look at. And um, we have some other stakeholder meetings later today there's and tomorrow, no I believe one specifically is on yeah. sustainability. No, there's no sound here. And, well, uh, with and that, everyone, that um, I don't think we're going to be able to get this to work here on our end. Um, um, one of those things will Scott be can hear you though. So if you have if you have more questions, that has I can to just go give Scott more papers, especially where we live no? in the Midwest, where we have a bunch of okay. of sand and salt can they hear you through there? for specifically weather events. The problem with it is that that salt and that sand gets down into those those voids that help it drain, and it basically oh, clogs it. And so there's a there's a there's a cost savings benefit analysis that that goes through that. But that's one of the things we will we will consider, and uh, you know we talk about when we talk. With about our sustainability, both with the city staff, AU staff, and uh, and um, the whole whole design team as a whole, we will look at at one of those things like that. Not saying that you know it may may be may end up being taken out of consideration, but it is one of the things we will consider. And then also along those same lines, as we will go through a, a stormwater study as the as the site goes through its normal permitting process, where we'll look at options of either above ground or not above ground but surface um detention for like a detention pond and whether we can turn that into um some kind of, of water water feature for for um you know this is a visual amenity or whether we do um, underground detention storage or, or something like that so it's all part of our sustainability approach that that the design team is looking at is that sustainability uh, stakeholder meeting I, I didn't i wasn't aware of that is that something that uh, the sustainability board would be able to attend. Um, that, let's see. That, I think that's planned. That's planned for tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's in the that's in the overall agenda. So again, you can register uh, in person or um, just join the Zoom call. But that that's um, that's going to be a larger um, group uh, within. Um, uh, that that'll be a larger uh, part of our group. So we'll be bringing in some virtual um, people. One is our uh, sustainability and resiliency uh, director within our company. We'll be bringing in our um, our energy group to talk about baseline energy modeling. Um, we're bringing in our uh, battery electric bus people and. Uh, and uh, I believe we'll be getting into photovoltaics and so, water quality and things like that as well. So, yep. uh, so it's it's pretty it's it's pretty high level, but I think it's pretty entertaining. Um, I also wanted to say we we are going to capture that comment that um, the that it's a, uh, we didn't get back in time for Connie to be here, but we'll we'll make sure that we have. Um, uh, we'll make sure we have that comment that connection to the existing park and ride would be important. The, the city does limit the amount of stormwater runoff from KU, so there is that requirement this project will have to meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and you know, Gary, uh, when, when we're out there on site, um, you know, Scott and myself and, uh, and Kevin Sterrett, our, our, our site engineering lead, you know, that whole site drains to the to the northwest towards the corner. And I think that really leads itself to some kind of detention 
um, feature there, whether it's detention ponds or a wet detention pond or, you know, something that you could have it uh, terraced where, where it'll look yeah, really nice and do some kind so of, of bio plantings in there, bioretention cells or something that uh, yeah, that it'll both treat the water quality and then also help retain some of the water for, for discharge purposes. Or, or it could be underground and not even seen. Yep. Yep, absolutely. That, that's definitely one of the tools in our toolbox, depending uh, on and just, just kind of how the site lends itself. Yeah, we, we got to figure out the size of the building to know how much site you got to play with. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, see, yep. it's working on everybody's computer, but it's not working on the room. That's where I'm totally confused by, by this. Oh. Yeah, it's it's back. Yes. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think that you got to turn off your mute because you're picking up on the microphone. So I guess the, uh, so we'll be covering sustainability tomorrow. Um, one thing about the water quality and quantity, it, it would be nice if we could to get um, uh, the idea of some green roofs in there. Um, yeah, that's always a good way of slowing down the, the water runoff. So that's all things we'll be getting into. I want to watch everybody's time and be respectful. Um, we will probably reach back out to make sure we capture all your comments as well. Um, we are looking at the solar panels. I see your comment, Mark, as well. Um, we, yeah, we'd love to help get your input on prioritizing different sustainability features and weighing the costs and, and everything like that. But we're definitely looking at it and um, did, yes. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, you're fine. Well, if there's if there's more comments, certainly um, you know reach out to the to the group. We'll record them and make sure it goes into the program and thoughts, or just add it to the um, chat here. But but appreciate all your time.